Thanks for listening to this sermon recording from Liberty Family Church in Hillsville, Victoria, Australia. All of our sermons are available for free online, and we encourage you to subscribe to our sermon podcast through iTunes or by clicking the button on our website. If you'd like to know more about what it means to follow Jesus, or would like more information about our church, head to www.libertyfamilychurch.net.au. God bless you, and we pray that this sermon recording encourages you and strengthens your faith in Jesus Christ. I'm sure if I asked you to take a moment to think of all the people that you know who don't yet know Jesus, you could come up with a long list, couldn't you? No doubt there'd be a real mix of people on your list. There'd probably be family members. There'd probably be work colleagues, maybe parents who of school kids that your kids go to school with, maybe the local legend working at Coles or your favourite butcher or your favourite barista from your special coffee shop of choice. You know, all of us, like God, want to see people come to know Jesus Christ. And the Bible encourages us that whilst it is ultimately God who draws people to himself, we can, we can play a crucial role in seeing people come to know the love of Jesus Christ. How do we do this? The Bible says by praying, by praying people in to God's kingdom. So what does this kind of prayer look like? How can we strategically pray for people who don't yet know Jesus so their hearts come alive to the gospel to receive the good news in their lives on a personal level. How can we do that? Well, I'm going to get really practical today. I want to get practical this morning. So let's pray and ask Holy Spirit to really open our hearts and open our ears so that we might get a renewed passion ourselves for praying people in. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much that your heart is for all people. There is not one person on this earth, on this planet, that ever has been nor ever will be that you do not want to see come into your kingdom. There is not one man, woman or child that you do not want to see become a member in your family. And so, God, we pray that you would give us that passion that you have for people so that we would pray strategically and we would be people who would do our part in praying people in. So we pray, God, that you would guide us, that you would speak through me, and that you would help all of us to get a renewed passion for our role in praying people in to encounter the love of God and to receive salvation. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I love reading 1 and 2 Timothy. I love the way an older in the faith Paul gets along the side, a younger in the faith, Timothy, and just really invests in him. It's so encouraging, isn't it, to see the way an older person invests in a younger person and sees them flourish in their faith. What a great, what a great example theirs is for all of us to play that kind of mentoring role in the lives of people that we come into contact with too. You know, in 1 Timothy, 
after encouraging Timothy to stay true to the gospel of Jesus Christ and to watch out for false teachers, Paul urges Timothy to pray for others in light of the gospel. Here's how Paul makes his exhortation to Timothy in 1 Timothy 2, 1-6. First of all then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good. And it is pleasing in the sight of God our Saviour who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. I love this passage. I love how Paul reminds Timothy about how the Christian life is lived really well in response to the gospel. And what's one of the ways that Paul says is a way that we can ensure that we lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way? By praying. By praying for all people. Paul reminds us that this, praying for all people, regardless of their standing in society, regardless of whether they're a king in a position of authority, or just like all of us, just regular everyday people, Paul reminds us that this is good and pleasing to our God. Because our God is a God who, as Paul writes in verse 4, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. There is no one alive and kicking today that God does not want reached with his good news. There is not one person. And Jesus, as Paul alludes to in verse 5 and 6, is an almighty mediator who gave himself as a ransom for all. Jesus gave himself as a ransom for all, not just for many or for some, but for all. And as we see in this passage, all of us, you and I, we're called to play our part in seeing people come to know Jesus personally by praying them in. So how can we pray in this way? How can we pray strategically so that people come to know Jesus? Now, obviously, there are so many ways that we could pray strategically and pray people in, but I want to share three key ways with you this morning. And here's the first. We can pray people strategically in by inviting God to change their hearts. We all know, probably from personal experience, I I certainly know this to be true, we all know that the gospel cannot take root in someone's heart, in someone's life, until the soil of their heart is soft. It's just not possible. Jesus told this parable in many times, didn't he? He, he pointed to this being true so many times. And we know that as much as we try to change other people so that they'd be more responsive to the gospel, it doesn't actually work. We can't change people. We can lead people to water, so to speak, but we can't force them to drink. We don't argue people into the kingdom. We don't convince people into the kingdom but God draws people into his kingdom. And 
in the Bible, there are plenty of examples of this. And one in particular for me really stands out. It's from Acts chapter 16. And it's a beautiful story that, that illustrates this perfectly. Paul was ministering in Philippi with Timothy and Silas and they were going about, they met some women down by the river and started chatting with one particular woman by the name of Lydia. The Bible tells us that Lydia was wealthy. You read in scripture that she traded in purple goods, expensive goods. And later on in the passage, we actually read that she had servants of her own, all things suggesting that she was quite well off. She was not poor by any means. And the Bible also tells us that she worshipped God, the God of the Jews. And at the end of verse 14, I love this, we read about how God supernaturally intervened so that Lydia could receive the good news of Jesus Christ that Paul was willing to offer her. It says this, The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. It was not Paul's persuasiveness. It was not his skill. It was not his kindness. It was not his good looks. It was none of those things that made the difference in Lydia's life to receive the gospel. It was the supernatural work of God that opened her heart to truly hear and respond to the good news. God gave Lydia in that very moment a receptive heart, a heart of flesh so that she could hear and receive the good news of the gospel. We need to realize that, like Lydia experienced in that moment, the people that we are praying in need to have their hearts supernaturally changed too, if they're going to hear and respond to the gospel. So, I said we were getting practical. Practically, what does this look like? What could this kind of strategic prayer sound like? What could we pray? Well, we could pray something as simple as this for whoever God calls us to pray for. Father God, thank you that you want all people to be saved. I lift Barry before you and ask that you would supernaturally replace his heart of stone with a heart of flesh so that your gospel can take root in his life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. There is real power in inviting God to have his way in people's hearts. So why not put it into practice this week, friends? I'm confident that you won't have to be waiting for too long to see the fruit if you were to invest in pray and pray people in in this way. I'm sure that you would see God start to move and change people's hearts if you pray like this. So why don't we give it a go? Let's all join together and go on this journey together. So that's the first. We can strategically pray people in by inviting God to change their hearts and by asking God to break Satan's hold over their lives. 2 Corinthians 4.4 tells us that Satan actually blinds people so they can't see the light of the gospel and the glory of Jesus Christ. Reading from the NIV translation, this is 2 Corinthians 4.4. The God of this age, Satan, has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel 
that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. I think sometimes we, if we're honest, we give Satan too much credit, don't we? We might be playing those little games, like I don't know if anyone's got one of those little readers on their car that tells them how many kilometres they've got to go to empty with their petrol, and you're just, you know, you're seeing if how long you can go on the one kilometre when the, the gauge is reading 1K. Oh, I reckon I can get 10Ks out of this. And then we get to a point where we run out of petrol and we want to blame Satan. Well, we often give him credit for those sort of things when it's actually just our own foolishness. But you know what? Sometimes we actually do need to recognise that Satan actually does exist. Too often the way we live, we kind of go, well, yeah, it doesn't exist or what doesn't have much influence, but the reality is he does. He's actively working against God's kingdom. He's actively working to keep people in a place of spiritual bondage and not in spiritual freedom in the abundant life that we were talking about a bit last week. You know, whilst we have no need to be anxious or worry about the fact that Satan exists, we don't need to fear him. We have nothing to be afraid. Jesus has defeated him after all. We have no need to fear. We do need to remember that he exists. We do need to remember that he is actively and intentionally working to keep the people that we're trying to reach with the gospel from actually receiving the gospel from us. He's working to keep people blind to the gospel. And again, we need to desperately call out to Holy Spirit and ask him to break Satan's hold on people's lives. How can we pray this kind of strategic prayer? Well, it could be as simple as this. Lord God, I praise and thank you that you have won the victory over sin and death and you have defeated Satan. I ask, Lord, that you would break Satan's hold over Betty's life right now, right now, Lord, so that she would be able to see the light of your gospel and the glory of of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. We don't need to fear Satan. We don't need to fear him at all. But we do need to recognize that he is actively and intentionally working to keep people from a place where they can hear and then receive the good news of the gospel. So, Let's all play our part. We can all play our part. We can all, as believers who are in Christ Jesus, stand against Satan, stand against his evil schemes, and pray people in, inviting Holy Spirit to break Satan's hold over people's lives so that they would not be blind to the gospel, but so that they could see clearly and receive the gospel as the greatest news that it is. So, To recap, we can strategically pray people in by inviting God to change their hearts, by asking God to break Satan's hold over their lives, and here's the third thing, by asking God to give us opportunity to share the gospel. At the start of this year, as a church community, we went on a journey of every believer can we went on a journey of discovering how to be more effective witnesses for Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you now, I know, I know now 
beyond any shadow of a doubt that Jesus was calling us to do this so that we would be equipped for the season in which we find ourselves right now. I know that. I know that 100%. God led us to focus on evangelism at the start of the year so that we might be prepared and we might be equipped for the role that we have right now as bearers of hope and good news in our broken and hurting and really, really thrown out of whack world, for want of a better term. Jesus knew that we'd have plenty of opportunity, plenty of opportunity to share the gospel with others in this COVID-19 season. Maybe this is something you've experienced too. Maybe you're finding right now that people are so much more open, so much more receptive to being willing to listen to and hear the good news of the gospel at the moment. Challenging seasons such as the one we're in often cause people to reevaluate, to reimagine, to think about things that they otherwise wouldn't really spend any time thinking about. The bigger things such as life and death and meaning and purpose in life. And as a result of this, many people are right now, and I would suggest at this time of lockdown and increased anxiety in our community of Victoria right now, I would say that even more so right now, people are waiting for the gospel. They want good news. They want us to share it with them. They're ripe right now. People are open to hearing the good news of the gospel. One thing that Pastor Mike shared through his Every Believer Can training course was the importance of inviting Holy Spirit to to give us opportunity to share the gospel with others. Is this something that you regularly ask God for, friends? Is this something that you would regularly pray as you start the day, Lord, give me opportunity to share your gospel with other people? Do you, when you think of people who don't yet know Jesus, ask God for those those opportunities to share the good news with them? Praying strategically in this way could be as simple as this. Father God, thank you so much that your gospel is alive in my heart. I really want to see Ben become your son. Please give me an opportunity to share your gospel with him, Lord. I will do or say whatever you ask me to do to help reach him. Thank you that you want him to be saved even more than I do. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God is in the business of changing people's hearts. God's in the business of changing people's hearts and breaking Satan's hold over people's lives. And often, often, he gives opportunities for everyday ordinary people, people like you, people like I, to share his gospel with others. I'm wondering, friends, what would it look like if we were all to commit ourselves to praying in these three strategic ways? How many people, how many people would come to receive the gospel and embrace freedom in Christ if only we were to pray? I'm confident. I'm confident that many, many, many people would be reached with the good news. I'm confident that many souls would be won to God's kingdom if we were to pray in this way. 
And so I want to give us an opportunity right now to pray in this way. Maybe you're a little bit like me. You hear a message, you get encouraged to to invest in something, and then you go, wow, that's really good, I'm going to do that. And then throughout the week, you slowly forget about it, and then you realize two months later, oh, I didn't actually do that. Well, we're not going to do that today. We're going to spend some time right now, before we close, praying into these three ways. We are going to be praying for the next few minutes to pray for the people that God has likely already laid on our hearts. I'm sure, as I've been sharing, God has been placing pictures of people in your mind or or names on your heart, people that he longs to see become children in his kingdom. We're going to pray that God would change their hearts. We're going to pray that God would break Satan's hold over their lives. And we're going to pray and invite Holy Spirit to give us opportunity to share the gospel with them. I'm sure you know from experience, we know it from the word, we know it from testimonies, incredible things happen when God's people pray. And so let's do that right now. Let's passionately pray. Let's intercede for these people who do not yet know Jesus and put what God's taught us this morning into practice. Let's pray together right now. Father God, we thank you so much that your heart is to see all people come to know your son. Your heart is for none to be lost, but all to be found in relationship with you. And we thank you, God, that that is your heart for all people, not some, but all people. And so, God, we pray that you would ignite within us a passion to see all people come to know you. Lord, we pray that you would help us to continue to strategically pray in these three ways, that we might see more and more people come out of places of bondage, out of places of darkness, into places of freedom and into the glorious light of the gospel. So, Lord, we pray this knowing that you are right behind us as we pray this. And, Lord, I pray, God, that you would do a great work in our community as we develop a deeper love and desire to pray and enjoy you and communicate with you and join your work in seeing people come to your kingdom in praying people in. So we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.